Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence, so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. Fantastic. It is time for the Successfully Unemployed show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit your J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by having investments, by having side hustles, by starting businesses and doing every single thing that you can to not work that J-O-B, that just overbroke job. Now, at the Successfully Unemployed show, I interview so many great people just normal people just like us. See, I want to really just show everybody that there are so many ways to change your life, not work a job, provide for your family, and live an amazing life. Now, most of us, when we go to college or you know, when we're going to school and we go to college and then we start thinking of what we can do with our life and how to make money, well, usually we only have maybe a handful, you know, two, three, four, or five different ways that we know of that we can make money. Like we may have heard of, okay, you know, be a singer, be an artist, or, you know, write a book. We've heard of those things, but we don't think we could actually do those. I mean, most of us don't think we could actually do those. Now, if you grew up in a land of family that was a bunch of teachers, and like my wife, her whole family, like they're a bunch of teachers. And so she thought, you know what? I might as well go ahead and start teaching. That's the only thing that I could think of. I don't know of any other way to make money. Well, obviously, there's plenty of other ways that she could think of, but that's the one that just stood out to her. And that's why I created the Successful Unemployed Show. It's for people like us, just normal people, to see that there are so many ways to make money. There's so many ways, especially now. And no time in the history of the world has been so easy to make money with the internet, with everything going on and automating everything. It's absolutely amazing to be able to do that. Now, today we're going to be talking to a gentleman who has started many businesses, like literally many businesses and successful businesses at the same time. And I brought him on the show because I wanted him to show us what it's like to create businesses, look at how to create that next business, see what we need to do in order to utilize our talents and our abilities to make money for ourselves. Now, not every business is passive income. I personally love passive income. Like you write a book one time and you sell a book over and over again, or you write a song or you create a blog post or you start a podcast and those uh, podcast people can download them over and over and over again. It's basically you work one time and get paid over and over again. And that's what I want you to learn. That's my favorite way to make money. And soon it'll be your favorite way. I want to get you my best-selling book, How to Quit Your Job with Passive Income. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free book forward slash free book. It's all one word. I'm going to give you my best-selling book literally for free just for being somebody that listens to this podcast that wants to change their life. So go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free book. Now let's listen in as I interview Tom Schwab, how he's going to share with us how he's created many businesses and the process to do that, as well as how to get our minds thinking forward to creating that next business or creating that first business and not work a J-O-B. All right, guys, let's get into this episode where we listen to Tom Schwab show us how we can quit our jobs by creating many businesses. Let's do this. 
All right, so I am super excited to have somebody on the Successfully Unemployed show talking about building businesses. Now, in building businesses, this gentleman has also started from the beginning working at the Navy, works his way up, and eventually now he has a business. Interview Valley helps other people work together and get their, their message out to other people. But this business is a great business, and he's able to become successful and unemployed with it. So, Tom, I am super excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Dustin, I am thrilled to be here and I love what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really want to show everybody that normal people like us, like I started pushing carts at Walmart and worked my way up to where eventually now I have rental properties and I have 30 plus rental properties. I literally don't need to work, but I'm doing this because I want to show people that there are other ways to make money. Now you started and you were in the Navy, correct? Well, first I want to say thank you very much for serving our great country. Very, very fantastic of you to do that. Well, thank you. And I always have to thank people for paying for my education. I went to the uh, the Naval Academy on the uh, uh, the taxpayer's dime and was honored, honored to serve. But uh, uh, it definitely wasn't the career uh, that I wanted to stay in. So tell us about you starting being just a normal person, work, a military person working through there. And then you had, you know, something happened where you peace broke out. You say peace broke out, which is, we'll get to that. And then you got another job and then something bad happened in 2008. So let's walk through that. And then we want to talk about how to build a business. Yeah. And this was the idea of being successfully unemployed was unheard of when I was growing up. I grew up in the Midwest suburbs of Chicago. Uh, Security came from a job, right? So went to the Naval Academy, was in the Navy. And, you know, all you got to do is stick around for 20 years and you can retire. Well, in 1992, peace broke out, right? The evil empire went away and it was bad for the industry, right? I had done everything that I want, wanted to. Uh, by that time, I was married, had a couple of kids, and I thought, this isn't for me. I can't, I can't stick around for another 15 years. And I can remember my dad telling me um, I, I was crazy when I left that quote-unquote stable job. Then um, I went to work for a Fortune 500 company, right? Another stable job. All you got to do is stick around there and retire. And well, it took me a few years and I was like, I really want to go out in sales and go straight commission. My dad told me then I was really crazy at that point. But he lived to to say that, no, that was right for me. So I went from you know uh, working for a big company with the government then working for a big company um, with a Fortune 500 company, then going straight commission. And then um, did so well with that, I started my own distributorship. And that worked out really well. But still at that point, I had one employer, right? I had one manufacturer that I was working for. Now, granted, it was my company working for them. And then 2008 came and they wanted to buy the distributorship back, you know, cut out the middleman. That makes a whole lot of sense until you're the middleman. And they did right by me. But the more and more I looked at it and said, true security comes from the ability to perform, not necessarily being employed by one person. And so started a company, an e-commerce company, built that up with inbound marketing, sold it off, started another company uh, using the inbound marketing tactics, but with podcasts and using, leveraging other people's platforms. And so, uh, you know, am I unemployed? Um, I don't know. I look as I'm employed by lots and lots of people, but just not a check coming from one person. 
And that's something that I wanted everybody to learn how to be is as independent as possible. So you have many, many bosses because you have many streams of money coming in. You don't have one boss that can literally just take away your salary, take away your paycheck, fire you or your distributorship. Literally, they take that away from you. Hey, we're not going to give you more product. Taking that away just makes, oh man, I'm stuck. We want to be financially independent. And in order to do that, we need to make sure that we have money coming in many different ways to take care of our family. So tell us about the business that you started, um, not the distributorship, but what you have now with Interview Valet. Now you've also created the other business. So tell us about the business process. How do you, I mean, the big broad question, these are all big broad overview questions, but how do you start a business? Well, the thing is, is that we're so conditioned to be an employee. Everybody knows how to do that. But starting a business, um, that can be uh, intimidating. But really, I think the start of it is find a problem to solve and solve it, right? So for you, um, with real estate, you're solving people's problem that they need to um, uh, a place to stay, a place to live, a place for home. You know, every business solves a problem. For us, it's our our customers, our authors, coaches, speakers, brands that have a great service could help people, but they're obscure. So they need to get out there. And so really we focus on that. And today, you know, there's a lot of problems in the world, Dustin, but there's no better time to be alive and no better time to start a business because you can find the answers out there. There's people that want to help you. There's free information. And heck, you look at even the tools we're using, it's amazing. So you're doing a video conference here on something that, you know, 20 years ago, the president of the United States had, you know, 10 years ago, corporate America had, and they were paying a fortune for. Now it's pretty much free out there. So really, uh, to me, starting a business is focusing on what problem do you solve and who do you want to solve it for? Uh, in the Navy, we used to have a joke that said, you have to be smart enough to know right answer when told. And your customers will tell you what they love and what they loathe. And what you have to be smart enough to do is stop doing one and start doing more of the other. That's great. And I, I love the idea of serving more people or figuring out what the problem is and solving that problem. Because what people are gonna, I, I know there are two different reasons why people spend money. It's either increase the pleasure or decrease the pain. I found it's so much better or people are much more willing to, um, to, to pay you for your service if you're decreasing their pain. Now, pleasure is also good too, but if you're decreasing a pain, like you said with real estate, I'm decreasing their pain by getting good quality housing to live in. And so for you with Interview Valet, the pain is getting your, all your content to other people, but you solve that problem. So if we don't know what type of problems out there or what we can solve, how would we get that? Like, what, what would you suggest if somebody say, you know what, I want to solve a problem, but I don't know what problem to solve. What would you suggest them to do? Well, the first I would say, realize that you're selling Preparation H right? We are all selling preparation H, no matter if it's a product or a service. Nobody cares about your product. They care about their pain in their rear end. And so with that, they want fast relief. They want it recommended. They want it trusted. So really start looking at it and it could be in your own part of the world. What do you know about? What do you see? For me, um, inbound marketing led me to what I'm doing now, you know, using podcasts almost like we used to use guest blogs. So you can see problems around you all the time. And sometimes it's not, you know, evolutionary. 
it's just revolutionary. You know, what have you figured out how to solve that other people are still struggling with? You don't have to reinvent the wheel. What, what problems do you see in your community, in your area, with people you know? And start there looking at it. Ask friends, you know, what problems do you have? And I think you're right there that um, it's, it's easier for people to pay you to solve their pain um, than anything else, right? Everybody wants their pain to go away. Absolutely. And, and along with that, I found I'm not that creative. Like I'm literally not creative at all, but I can see what somebody else is doing and say, you know what? I could do that or I could even do it better. So it's not like you have to create something brand new. In fact, there's probably nothing new under the sun. And so if you see something that you think, hey, I could actually do that too, why not? Especially in like, like the online space. I teach real estate. I teach people with Master Passive Income, my other site, my other podcast, I teach them how to invest in rental properties. Well, there are so many quote unquote gurus out there about real estate. And so I thought, you know, going into it, man, I just want to help people, but how do I get my word out there? I just started and I just did it. I thought, you know, I didn't think I was gonna do better or worse or anything. I just wanted to do it. And now it's doing fine. It's making money, which is great. Same thing with real estate, buying a property. So if you see something that you think, you know what, I could actually do that too. That's probably a good business. What are your thoughts? Oh, very much so. And especially today, we don't have a limited amount of customers, right? We live in a world of abundance, abundant calories, abundant choices, abundant customers, right? Through the internet, we've got access to probably what? Uh, I don't know, a billion uh, English speaking people. You don't need to serve all billion, right? There's a spot for you. And so in the same way, when people talk about, well, there's other people out there teaching real estate, doing this, whatever your little niche is, yeah, there is but they can't serve all the people that are out there. And there's certain people that will resonate with different, different styles. So I think the goal is not, we don't need to get better or to get more clients. We need to get better clients, right? So we're not going off of this. Um, everybody's get a slice of their pie. No, the pie is so huge that we all can survive almost on the crumbs of the pie. You know, and a lot of times people will say, well, you know, I've got to, you know, be everywhere, serve everywhere. Um, most of us are not building Amazon. We're not building um, Walmart. We're building a, a small business. And that small business can be seven figures, eight figures, nine figures. There's a lot of small business out, out there that no one has ever heard of. But I tell you what, there's a thousand 10,000 people that just love that business and the, the rest of the world doesn't even know they exist. So find your niche and focus on that. I love that. That's, I completely, completely agree with that. And that's something that I know that there are so many people out there, like millions and millions of people out there that would be able to want to work with me or work with somebody. And what I wish I would have learned from the very beginning is I should have networked with other people in my either my niche or something similar that I could that I'm doing because I was always thinking as a competition. I played sports growing up, so it was always a competition. I, I, I got to be better. I got to work harder and all that sort of stuff. But when I as soon as I started networking, as soon as I started working with people that are like mind, um, it, it, business got so much better. I started Master Passive Income in 2015. Now my real estate business that's where I make all my money. Like I, that's that's all well and good. But now I was quitting my job. I needed something to do with my my time. I was getting bored. So started in 2015, started Master Passive Income, but I didn't start networking until 2017. So for two years, I was just floundering. It was just like, oh, I'll just try this. 
But as soon as 2017 hit, I started networking, started working with people and realized it's a bigger pond than I think it is. And my business just exploded after that because I started working with other people. So that's a fantastic point. Now, from there, what's the next step? Like if we see a niche we want to go after and we say, you know what, there's a big enough pool. Let me go ahead and jump in. What are the next steps? What should we should we look at like talking to people, see if it's a valid idea? What are your thoughts about the next step? To me, it's uh, the biggest problem at any stage is obscurity, right? There are people that you could help. The people that could help you, they just don't know you exist. So the idea of um, I'm going to hold it tight and not let anybody know until I launch it, I think that's a mistake, right? There are people that want to help you. And if there's somebody that's going to copy you or destroy your business model, better to know that early on than five years into it. So I always say, you know, obscurity is our biggest problem and get out there, talk to people, get their feedback on it. <laughs> podcast interviews are a great way. I always say there's three types of people that hear me on a podcast interview. The first ones think that Tom is an idiot. I don't disagree with them, right? But if they don't mesh with you, they're not going to be a good client, right? The next one are the ones that go, huh, that was interesting, but I don't need it right now. Well, that's fine. It's going to be the same thing with your product. It's not for everybody. What you want to really focus on in anything is that third group of people, that group of people that go, wow, Dustin understands me. He works with people like me. I like them, right? I want to work with them. So to me, you've got to break through that obscurity. And a lot of times people will say breaking through the noise. Honestly, I think that's a joke now, right? The idea that I'm going to break through the noise um, when it's also Procter and Gamble, um, Coke, all the rest of them with their marketing budget, I'm just probably adding to the noise. So for me, I want to get in on the conversation. And that could be having personal introductions from friends, like you said, networking. That could be going to conferences. It could be speaking from stages, physical stages, or even digital stages, right? A podcast, having your own podcast or being a podcast guest just to get the word out there. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I, I love that idea. And I know, I've, well, I've been on many, many podcasts. People have interviewed me about real estate. And just uh, yes, no, two days ago, I got a coaching student, pays me a lot of money to coach him in real estate, but he heard me on somebody else's podcast, then found me because of that podcast, and then got into my course and my coaching and stuff. So yeah, getting that, getting that word out there. So when you were developing Interview Valet, when you're building that business, now you're starting to get that name out. Is there anything in the nuts and bolts in running a business and building that business that you needed to do? Because we definitely need to market it out. We got to make sure that we're not obscure. Nobody's not, nobody's finding us. What are some steps to actually build the business so we have a solid business? Yeah. And a few things. One, we've all got this great view of what we want it to be. You know, I always say the, the best piece of fiction I've ever read or written was my five-year business plan, right? We've got every graph went up and to the right, but once you go out there, your customers will tell you what they love and start to do more of that. The other thing is not asking the question, how can I do that? But how can we do that, right? Because today it's so much collaboration with either team members, remote team members, partnerships, uh, working with other people. So when you find problems saying, how can we do that? And then figure out how the we, who the we is on there too. Uh, I think a lot of people start to look and say, um, the businesses themselves, 
And today it's so easy to collaborate. Um, and the definition of business uh, is different. You know, we've got 18 team members, uh, but we all live in North America. Nobody uh, has to live in the same um, in the same town I do anymore. Yeah, I agree. And I th- thinking of coaching students, I even have coaching students that are in Switzerland and other and one in, one's in Israel. And so I have people from all over the world because of the technology is so amazing. But I love your thought that we need to go from I to we. We as a business, it's so much better when I focus on building the business than working on the business. There was something so with Master Passive Income, I have a podcast where I basically just share about real estate and how to invest in rental properties. Well, I needed to write show notes and I hated doing it. I didn't want to do it. I'm fine talking it out. I didn't want to write them so they didn't get done. And then I find I'm a very frugal person, even though I have enough money, I'm I'm blessed to have plenty of money. I'm still frugal. And so I'm forced myself to hire somebody. And this, this year alone, I've said, I've given her like a thousand dollars in writing, um, uh, podcast show notes, which isn't a lot, but it's, it's, you know, it's a thousand dollars. But if I didn't pay somebody else to do it, I would literally not have that done. And people would not see the reason why we do the show notes is because through search engine optimization, people find my site, find me through that. So all that to say people, more people find me because I spent the money and had somebody else help and make it a we as opposed to just a me or an I. So I think that's a great point. So from there, is there anything else that we should focus on in building the business, the next step? Well, I think part of it is always looking at what the next step is. One of the things is today, it's easier to copy a business model than ever, right? So the idea that you're going to protect your intellectual property forever, is probably not going to happen, right? People can always copy what you did. They're never going to copy what you're going to do. And business models are changing so quickly. Even if you have, you know, a great product that that you have, well, it's not going to last forever. So I think that continuous improvement, to me, I think the only thing that really um, is a competitive advantage long-term is your ability to innovate and your ability to execute. Um, You know, there's, that's, that will never change. And I, I look at it in our industry, um, all of the people that have popped up afterwards. And I think that's great, right? Our, our industry is so um, dynamic. Podcasting is growing so fast, but we're always known at Interview Valet as the one that is on the leading edge there of always doing the new things. And I think if you can do that, um, you will have a long-term business. That's a great, great point. So Thinking about all the business, the two different businesses, you probably have other ones, but the businesses that you've created, if you were to go back and say, there was one thing I did wrong or one thing I should have done differently, what would that be? Um, I think it's that I, we um, uh, conundrum there. I'm like you, I'm frugal. I'm also, oh, I can do this. I don't like asking for help, but you know, I can build a website, but it's going to take me 10 times as long as somebody that knows how to do it. And it's not going to look as good. The older I get, the more I realize there's lots of things that are easy to do, but hard to do well, right? I can paint, but I'd never consider myself a painter. You know, it's better for me to focus on my zone of genius. And I think as a business owner, that can be a struggle because we have to figure out when to say no, right? We start to work with clients and clients will come to us and say, you know, you've helped me get on podcasts. You've helped me grow my business. Can you help me launch my podcast? And they want to give you money for it. But it's very tough to say 
no, that's not our zone of genius, right? It's like asking your dentist, can you do my knee surgery? Well, I'm sure your dentist is a, is a hardworking person, a smart person, but that's not their focus, right? They'll say, no, but I can introduce you to somebody that is an orthopedic surgeon. They can do that. So I think today there's so much opportunity out there um, that when people come to us and say, can you do this? We have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, it's not the question of can I do it, but should I do this? Is this my zone of genius? Uh, there's a great book out there called uh, The Big Leap uh, by Gay Hendricks. And he talks about his zone of incompetency. You know, you've realized your zone of incompetency is writing show notes. That's not something you like to do or want to do. But uh, you've got to, those are the easy ones. But the zone of competency, I could do it, but I'm not great at it. It's really that zone of genius. Figure out what your zone of genius is, what you love to do, what you would do even if it didn't pay, what you can do because it's so easy. And that's where if you focus in there, that's when people are going to see you bringing the most value, pay you the most for it, and you're going to have the most fun with it. And you come across, I love that, and you come across much more genuine too because it's a passion or it's something that you desire to do. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I always say what's ordinary to you is amazing to other people. You know, you could do real estate because you, you breathe it, you think about it. It's, it's easy for you, but other people, that's a great value. And it's the same thing with us for, for podcast interviews. You know, when people say, can you get me on a podcast? I'm like, well, if you want better answers, ask better questions. You know, are you asking me, can you get me on a podcast and have it grow my business? Yeah, we can help you with that. That's awesome. Now, there's something you talk about. You brought it up briefly, but you also wrote about it. It's other people's platforms and how that can help our businesses to grow, to become more successful. And because basically, if you don't have marketing or if people don't know about you, your business is not going to make any money. So utilizing other people's platforms, the OPP is fantastic acronym. So usually it's other people's property, but now we have other, other people's platforms. Tell us about that, how that can help us in our businesses to grow them. Well, yeah, and every business owner knows this from other people's money, right? So you use the bank's money, you use investors' money to leverage it. Well, you can do the same thing with platforms, right? And you think about it, um, back in the day, if you wanted to get in front of an audience that was as big as Oprah's, there was a couple things that you could do. You could either build up an audience that big, you could start your own show, you could start your own network, and you could get there. Or you could just get on Oprah's show. One of them is a lot easier and a lot quicker. And so I think it's the same way with platforms. And we've always done this, right? Uh, you could start your own live event and speak to thousands of people, or you could go to somebody else's live event and speak there. And so I think the smart people are leveraging other people's assets their money, their, um, their platforms. It's like what we're doing right now, right? Nobody on this, listening to this, watching this, probably knew who I was. But because Dustin introduced me, now I'm leveraging not only the platform, but the authority. Because you know that Dustin's checked me out. I'm legit. And so from that standpoint, um, it's a win-win for everybody. You know, um, the audience is winning. The host of the platform is winning because they get great content and I'm winning because I go there, right? And you look at it in different, different platforms too. Guest blogging, same thing. 
you know, guest contributor, same thing. Um, being a guest on, uh, you know, the Tonight Show, same thing. They need guests leveraging other people's platforms. So I always say, look for that wherever you can, because you're helping them and they help and you help yourself too. There are so many great, great things that you just said. Um, I love the win, 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 helping everybody win. It's not where everybody always, there's always have to be somebody losing. No, it doesn't have to be that way. There are ways to find ways that everybody can win. So I definitely, definitely love that. Now with the, the OPP, the other people's platforms, now it's probably not like you, you said, like if you want to get on Oprah's, that's going to you know, shoot you up. If you're going to get on somebody's podcast. Now tell us about getting on somebody's podcast because I've been on many, many podcasts. A lot of people reach out to me, friends that I've been on podcasts. They say, hey, do you want to be on? And so we, I, we, I get on the podcast. But what are your thoughts about be, getting on podcasts if you've never done a podcast and how would that benefit your business? And if it, you don't even have a podcast business? Well, going back to obscurity, right? If our biggest problem is obscurity, we need to get in front of the people that we could help. And bigger is not always better, right? Bigger is just bigger. Um, if you think about it, there's more fish in the ocean than there are in a barrel. But if you can find a barrel of fish, go there every time, right? And I think of early on, I was uh, selling a, a course um, before we started Interview Valet. And one of the, the things was I went on a big podcast, had 40,000 downloads. It was, it was an ego stroke more than anything. Dustin, I went on there. I was thrilled to be on the podcast. And you know, of that, I sold about two dozen of the courses. It was such a diverse audience that the conversion rate wasn't that good. Shortly after I went on a podcast and the host told me that she had 150 downloads per episode. It was a great podcast. It was a great audience. I went on there and I sold nearly a hundred courses out of the 150 downloads. It was fish in a barrel. So from that standpoint, it was a better audience, not a bigger audience. And I think a lot of times, um, in the internet age here, we can always go off of numbers, right? And well, how many downloads do they have? How many likes? How many um, views did I have? But we got to remember, these are people. And if you told me that I could go and speak to 100 or 500 people and they would listen to me for 30 or 45 minutes, man, I'm in, right? Um, a lot of times we'll ask our clients, would you drive across town to speak to a hundred people. And they're like, yeah, would you drive across state to speak to a thousand? Would you jump on an airplane to speak to, you know, 5,000? And you can see some of them go and uh, they freak out. It's like, no, I don't want to speak in front of a hundred, but you can go on a podcast interview and do that. Uh, one of our, our clients, I, he spoke at Marlin Stadium last year, spoke to 30,000 people. Um, and it was the biggest crowd he'd ever spoken to. And the night before, I remember talking to him and uh, he was nervous. And I said, you've spoken to more people than this on a podcast. And he's like, yeah, but they weren't looking back at me. So the power of a podcast is, is just amazing to get out there. And I love the way podcasts, and you said this at the beginning, there are three people that listen to it. And I break it down to two people even more um, because people are going to listen to me. And I think your three is better. But I always thought people are going to listen to me and they're going to say, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't like the way he says it. I don't like his personality, whatever. I'm going to turn it off. So they've already weeded themselves out. So I, they already know. I'm not, I already know because they turned it off. They're not going to buy from me ever. And so I'm like totally fine with that. You know, I don't want to waste your time. I'm probably horrible. Just keep moving on. 
But the people that do stay, that continue to listen day after day, I have people emailing me all the time, say, we listen to your, or like my wife and I, or I listen to your podcast when I'm driving to work. I like every day, I don't miss an episode, all that sort of stuff, which is great because I'm there with them. And if they ever start investing in real estate or you know they, they wanna move forward, I'm there for them and they've already self-selected them. Like, I like this person, I'm gonna stick with them. That's why I love podcasts so much. Same thing with like YouTube videos, being able to be, show your personality. Because if you're writing an article, there's only so much personality you can actually come out. In fact, it doesn't very much at all. But if you have a podcast, you can tell how much the person cares, how much they know, how much their enthusiasm is. Are they going to help you? Are they a jerk? You know, however it's going to be. And so I love, love the podcasting space. What are your thoughts? Yeah. And early on, um, our data showed that podcast interviews converted 25 times better than blogs. And at first I'm like, no, there's got to be a, a glitch in that. It's got to be a personality. It's got to be a niche. And the more we tested it, the more it proved out. And it's just because of what you said. If I've listened to you for 30 or 45 minutes, I've self-selected. If I come to the website, I'm ready to buy. Um, and it's interesting when you do a sales call from somebody that heard you on a podcast interview, it's, it's, um, it's more of a qualification call, right? They've already sold themselves. They've listened to 30 or 45 minutes. So they're ready to go. You're really talking to them and saying, is this a good fit? And I love that because I was speaking at an event one time and somebody on the panel said, you need 75 new leads every day. And I looked at them, I said, I couldn't serve 75 new clients every day. And they're like, no, um, not clients, new leads. And I'm like, why would I want you as a lead why would I want to fill up your inbox if you couldn't be a great client? You know, no, give me, give me two or three clients a day. That sounds good to me. Don't just give me, you know, leads. Uh, you, you can't eat off of leads. I absolutely agree with that. So if somebody were to go with your services, you know, they, they say, you know what, I really need to get my name out there and I, I want to use Interview Valley. What's the process that you and your company goes through to get somebody on another show that would be, you know, instead of the ocean, you're going to find a barrel for them that has a bunch of fish that are perfect for them, just like you did. And that's the thing is that there's 750,000 podcasts out there. Getting on a podcast is not hard, right? But getting on a podcast that makes a difference, that's a challenge. And having the system to take those people from being a passive listener to an active visitor to your site and ultimately engaged lead, that's what we focus on. And our business model is you're the guest, we take care of the rest. We want to focus on getting the maximum return on investment for our clients, both their time invested and their money invested. So we work with authors, coaches, speakers, brands. Uh, you know, some of the biggest companies have been Lockheed Martin and HubSpot. But we do a lot of virtual book tours, a lot of coaches, uh, a lot of online entrepreneurs. And so they reach out to us. We talk to them and we assess well the, whether or not they're going to have success in podcast interview marketing. We look at their message. We look at the market. We look at the machine they have. And then we also look at the match for the verticals that we focus on. And with that, we'll give them an assessment and say, this is, we think this is going to work for you and we're a good partner or not, or here's the things that you could do. And with that, you know, we want to give them the maximum return on, on the time invested. So um, the process is very, um, very efficient, very well thought out. You know, I'm an engineer by degree. We're not pulling a rabbit out of our hat every time we're making it up as we go. So with that, um, the, the, really the, the setup 
takes about seven days. We'll get you all the equipment. We'll get you the training. Uh, we'll do a practice podcast interview. We'll get the one sheets. We'll find the podcast for you. And then we start pitching you to podcasts, um, to great podcasts. And for some of our clients, they want to do what we call a, a lightning strike or a blitz, where they'll want to come out and get out to you know a couple dozen podcasts right away. Other ones are just trying to fill the funnel, right? And they want to get on a few podcasts every month or a podcast every week. Really, we match our programs to your goals. That's, that's great. Now, getting that message out is hugely vital if you're starting a business or if you have a business. Now, if somebody were to start a podcast and they, they say, you know what, I'm going to actually start a podcast and talk about something and then transition that. Now I'm going to start going out and talking to people. Is that a good thing? Should somebody has a normal business that's not podcasting, should they go that route or is it totally fine? You have like a brick and mortar store or something like you have a business that's outside of this realm. Is it okay to do podcast interviews and work with you? And would that help? Yeah, very much so. And I don't think it's an either or. Should I be a podcast host or a podcast guest? I, I think it's an and, right? Because being a podcast host, having your own podcast, that is for your current clients. That's for nurturing. Going out to be on other people's podcasts, that is for client acquisition. So you can't do, you know, uh, you can figure out what you need. If you don't need any more clients, um, don't worry going out on podcast interviews. But if you always need new clients, that's a great place to get them. And really, uh, it, if you want to be seen, um, if you want to be seen as an expert, um, there's no better place to do it than going out there. You know, it used to be as seen on television. Well, now it's as seen on this podcast. And for, you know, you talked about not uh, liking to write show notes. Well, I don't like to write blogs. I've written a lot of them, but they're, um, they're homework assignment for me. So for me, I'll take my podcast interviews and have my team recreate those, right? They'll repurpose them into videos, into memes, into blogs. So it's a very powerful way to do that. We're working with right now a, um, a physician. Now, granted, he can only work with people in his local geography. But when he's going out on these podcasts, he's also seen as a national expert. And that helps him in his local geography also. That's a great, that's a great point. Now, with this, the OPP, other people's platforms, would this apply to like YouTube channels and things like that? Yeah, most definitely. I think the, 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 the concept applies to anything. You just have to figure out what medium you're best with. And I think podcasting is going to be interesting in 10 years as we look back on this. Even now, I, I asked my two youngest daughters who are 20 and 22, what's the pod stand for in podcasting? They roll their eyes because they don't know a world with, a, uh, with iPods. And, you know, you look at Gary Vaynerchuk. He's got a podcast. Well, he's also got video on it. So he puts it up on YouTube. He puts it on Facebook. Um, you can transcribe it and for the hearing impaired. Is that still a podcast? I don't know. It's just great media out there. And I think for a lot of people, you have to ask yourself, what's the best way that I can communicate, right? Am I comfortable on video? Well, then do, you know, YouTube. Am I comfortable on podcasts? Then you can do it there. Really, I think the question is, how can you easily, most easily um, create the content and then how can you repurpose it so that other people um, can, can consume it? That's great. So you've given us so much great content. 
Now I want to jump into the rapid fire round. Now this is where we're going to be talking about questions that are really, really quick questions, and hopefully you can be able to answer them. I haven't given these beforehand, but uh, I want to go through this rapid fire. So the first one is, with being successfully unemployed, it gives us more free time because we're not hampered with a 40-hour a week job or more, but you still have a business. How are you using your time to better the world or better your realm of influence? How are you using your time to make things better around you? Yeah. And for me, I I use my talents, right? Um, I'm a creator. So all the clients that we have, um, I consider myself um, retired, right? Um, I'm doing this because I love to do it and I love to to celebrate their messages. I'm also using it with my family. Uh, Before, you know, you said um, working, uh, I've got uh, two grandchildren Uh, They're my business coaches with the questions they ask. And, you know, one time they said, mommy and daddy are going to work to make money. And we sat down and had a conversation. It's like, no, you don't go to work to make money. You go to work to help people. And if you help them, they give you money. That's a great point. Next question. If you were to go back in time to basically before you even started the Navy, what is one big broad tip that you would give yourself to as you're where you are now to get to where you are now what is the tip that you would give relationships are the ultimate currency focus on relationships you know uh, the stock market can take away a lot of your wealth Um, inflation can take away your wealth but relationships if you invest in those there's nobody that can ever take those away and those will pay off better um, than any other investment it could be relationships with your family, with your spouse, with business, with contacts, with the entire world out there. Focus on the relationships. I, I love that. And there's a saying, it's not what you know, but who you know. But I, I like the other people have added to that. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. And the reason mm-hmm. why somebody would know you is if you're serving somebody else, like if you're helping somebody else. And so I have a lot of people that I know, but I, more importantly, I want them to know me. And I go out with, like you said, with relationships, trying to help people, trying to be a service to people, not a taker, trying to be as much of a giver as possible. So I love that. Now, the next question is, what tools are you currently using to help your life better, to help run your business or anything like that? Um, Everything in the cloud. For me, work is what you do, not where you go. Uh, We're empty nesters now, and one of my goals is to live in a new city one week out of every month, and we love doing that, and with that, I can work from wherever, so I always look at whatever tool I use. If they don't have a cloud-based version where I can use it anywhere, I don't want it. I don't want to be tied to uh, a desk, to an office to run my business. That's fantastic. I love that. Is there anything particular or specific that, you, that you're really taking a liking to right now? Um, one of the things that I, I'm really liking right now um, is um, uh, Evernote, right? Um, I have always been someone that wrote things down. And the problem was, is I'm traveling and now I can't find my notes. Or um, I want to share it with somebody and they can't read my handwriting. So to me, um, I've been an Evernote geek for probably the last two years. Um, and uh, uh, it's, it's changed my life. I agree. I love Evernote too. I keep, I store just about, I don't want to say everything, but I store lots of stuff in there. So the last question is, what is one nonfiction book that you would recommend everybody to read to help them to become successfully unemployed? Yeah. Um, it's called The Road Less Stupid by Keith J. Cunningham. 
Um, it's uh, advice from the chairman of the board. And his basic point is spend more time thinking and less time acting. Sit with the problem, sit with the question, and don't go with the first couple minutes worth of answers on that and take the road less stupid. I love that. I've never heard that book, so I'm definitely going to check that out. That's fantastic. Well, great. Hey, I'm super excited to have you on here, Tom. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Now, if somebody were to want to reach out to you, find out more about what you do or anything about you, how would they do that? Yeah, if any of this resonated with you, um, you can just come back to interview valet with a V.com forward slash unemployed. Everything Dustin and I talked about will be there. Um, I wrote a book. Um, I sell I sell it on Amazon, but I give away more copies than ever. You can get that there. It's called Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business with a Targeted Interview Strategy. Uh, there's a checklist that I use before all of my podcast interviews. Checklists are written in blood. Make sure it's somebody else's. And if any of this resonated with you and you just wanted to see how Interview Valet could help you, get out there to, to connect with your ideal customers, just come back to interviewvalet.com forward slash unemployed, and I'll put all my contact information there. That's fantastic. I love that. I'm definitely going to have to get those in the show notes. And Tom, it's been great. We, I've, learned, I've learned a ton. I know everybody else will too um, as they're listening to this. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dustin. You take care. Now, just think, if you can actually create a business that you would never need to work a job, that J-O-B again, if you could do that, wouldn't you do that? Yes, absolutely. And something that Tom did, he saw a need. He saw that there's something that he could do that can fulfill somebody else's need. He created a service for it, and that's what we can do. And I want you to get started. Remember, get my free best-selling book, How to Quit Your Job with Passive Income. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free book. Now, coming up, we are going to be interviewing so many more entrepreneurs, investors, side hustle experts, and people who just found ways to never work at J-O-B again. I'm going to be interviewing them, and I want you to stay with us so you can pick a certain way to make money that most people would never even have figured out. So stick with the Successful Unemployed Show. If you can, I would love it. If you got anything out of this, go and share this with a friend. If you can also go to wherever it is that you listen to this um, episode and listen to the show, go ahead and rate and leave a review for us so more people can find us. Thank you so much again for being here. The Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner. I will see you next time.